Podcast. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the first ever episode of the PB&J Podcast, brought to you by me, Patricio, and my friend, Julian, me. All right, so what you can expect from this podcast is a bunch of laughs, interesting points, and... <laughs> Just anything in between, anything ranging from, you know... Uh, we will be bringing in various of our friends or anyone that we think is interesting and... Uh, yeah, debating our viewpoints on certain things, yeah. uh, but at the same time, just talking shit. All right, so uh, just a little bit of background uh, from our stories. Uh, we know uh, we know each other from school. Uh, yeah, so basically great friends from high school, um, kept in touch after college. One day we linked up. We were like, okay, we should try this podcast thing out. And and here, here's a result of that. Here's what here's what came of exactly. It, the this PB&J is the first. Show. This is the first episode of uh, what we hope to be uh, a long running of this show, and uh, we are eager to let you guys uh, meet some of our friends who are quite uh, interesting. However, for now, here's a little backstory. I met uh, my friend Patrizio in high school. We went to high school in Miami together. I graduated, currently attending University of Delaware. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this my weekend, this one hour. Mm-hmm. Hopefully something will come of it, man. I don't know. Hopefully, man. However, for me, I was born in Rome. I lived there for half my life, and I came over here, and that's where I met uh, Julian. Uh, I actually brought the question up to Julian because uh, I thought he was a... Uh, he has a little bit of a showmanship in himself. He was the, like, the perfect guy, and we've been great friends for a long time. We just recently went to Rome. I got a lot, a lot of my friends, they all came out to Rome this summer. And, uh, yeah, that was an amazing experience. Amazing where, experience. Exactly. What do, you, what do you think about that experience, Jules? Oh, man, it's something else, dude. It's like... It's like, it's like what wa- did you like about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's like walking into, like like a like a parallel universe you know it's just like the architecture and that type shit is so different to like anything i've seen here um in miami it's it, it, like it's cool yeah it feels like I, mm-hmm. i'm i'm not on like earth anymore and uh-huh. the food's great food food something mm-hmm. else yeah mm-hmm. it was a really exciting what experience about, what do you think about the social life in difference to america or miami where we where we met how going out, the parties, or, you know, going to Campo, going to... Okay. Places. I mean, I guess it's, like, the same. It's, like, the same principles mm-hmm. that we'd see here in, uh, in mm-hmm. the U.S. I mean, when we were up in Trastevere, I mean, it was, it was just mm-hmm. really just a matter of, like, running into people and talking to them. Mm-hmm. And same way here. So, I guess it's similar there. You, ju- you just got to be friendly, man. You just have to, like, not be afraid yeah. to speak. Did you think they were friendly? You think Italians are friendly? Oh, yeah. Um, who, like Michele and, and all those people? I thought yeah. they were pretty friendly. What about, okay, what about the girls? Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, Italian girls are nice. Italian girls are pretty. They have, like, this certain aesthetic to them that, that uh, I don't know, you don't really see in other, in other people from other backgrounds. So that's a little mm-hmm. plus, I guess, mm-hmm. in, my, in my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean, funny enough, everyone ate a lot uh, during the trip. And when I mean eat, I do mean food, but uh, there's other things included in that. And every single one of my friends uh, had a good time, in other words. Yeah, yeah, it was a great experience. My most favorite thing from all of it was trying this specific mozzarella that came from like an ox or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, that mm. thing is juicy. Yeah, yeah, that thing's juicy. That thing tastes good, and uh, yeah, you should. Anyone mm-hmm. listen to this? You've got to try it. Authentic Italian mm-hmm. ox mozzarella. Oof. Yeah, I love that it. would be bufala. Yeah, it's amazing. Unfortunately, they don't have it here. I mean, they have those knockoff products or, you know, things that say that come here. But, you know, ex- same thing with guanciale. Was if you're not, if you don't know, guanciale is. Uh, the cheek of the pig it's not the pancetta which is would be the stomach and here in america they have pancetta and uh, you don't have guanciale and guanciale is the focal point of the carbonara 
which is another uh, great Italian dish, which uh, consists of uh, pasta, parmigiano, eggs, pecorino, and guanciale. And trust me, you won't, you don't know how different it is from bacon unless you've tried it. And it's really, it's, it's amazing. It's mouthwatering, and it's unfortunate that there's none here. But yeah, man, there's a lot of good food. Here. Food over there is is uh, it's a different taste. Yeah. Uh, there's just I guess it's just somewhat uh, like a result of how they uh, like store their meat and like the lack of like preservatives in it, but such a notable noticeable difference from cuisine mm-hmm. there to cuisine mm-hmm. here. In my opinion, it's so much fucking better, so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, what do you think about uh, like other foods? Like, do you have a preference between Italian food, maybe like Mexican food? Uh, French, anything, anything. So, because I know I I think Italian food is the best food, but I I might be a little biased on that. Oh man, I've got to say I've got to say Italian takes it home, dude. Um, if okay. anyone asks me, my favorite food in the world is lasagna, and oh. yeah, I mean I mean no disrespect to like my my background or anything, and you know the Cuban dishes are are by far one of my most favorite dishes as well. But mm. something about that. Italian lasagna, Italian carbonara, just like, ah, oh man, reminiscing now, the, the foods were, mm. what else can I say, man? They're, yeah, There's no, no words, words to no describe words it. it. But that was interesting. What were you saying about you um, and your Cuban descent? Yeah, okay, so um, I'm Cuban, son of immigrants. My parents uh, flew over here when they were kids as a result of the government and yeah I take pride in it i think the cuisine's uh i think the cuisine's good yeah definitely a lot of good eats when you're eating cuban mm. i like tequeños mm. that's for <laughs> sure yeah tequeños are cool i'm not sure if they're cuban though i'm not sure if they originate from not, i'm not sure are they spanish i am they, they've got to be one of those but okay croquetas are cuban I, dude i don't know i have no clue yeah damn wow wow i don't know then I might be a light to <laughs> Yeah. Okay, now how about for you? Yeah. So what uh list like the main differences that you see you said you lived half your half your life in Italy, half your life in mm-hmm. the United States. Give me some give me some introspection about that. Uh so uh yeah, I found it to be different actually from like very different in the environment or the atmosphere like in Italy or in Rome than here in Miami because First off, there's not as many parties, house parties here in Miami. Like, that's the whole thing until you turn old enough to go clubbing. Uh, it really is a bunch of house parties and Gettys and things like that. Uh, rarely, every once in a while you see venues. But in Rome, it's not really like that. There's a different system. Uh, and I mean, like, you go to the piazza. There's uh, Campo di Fiori, Piazza Navona, Ponte Milvi, all these different piazze. And you usually meet up there, sometimes without even knowing or planning with your friends to meet up. You know, there's a sense of familiarity in the people that you meet there. And uh, you, most of the time you see a lot of your friends. But if you don't, then, you know, you make friends or just join someone else's group. And you'll have a good time that way. You also, uh, having a lower drinking age, start drinking earlier. You start driving earlier. You drive a 14 in Rome. You have these shitty-ass cars called Machinette that my cousin punched a hole through <laughs> when he got pissed. So, yeah, they're, like, made out of uh, the same material that your Coke can is made out of. Uh, but, however, it's... Yeah, it's a different it's a different uh, environment, I would say. Uh, which one I like more, I don't know. But uh, I would definitely say it's different. And um, here in Miami, you know, sometimes you can compare the personalities of the people. Uh, even though I think it's very versatile here in Miami, like the uh, origin, like where people originate from. A lot of it is just like Venezuelan, Colombian, Cuban, and you know, those sorts of people, as to as opposed to Italy, where it's more uh, obviously centered around Europe. So it'd be like more French people, 
and uh, you know, Italian people, you some Americans, you have uh, Germans, you have all type of uh, nationalities, and uh, going to an international school, you know, amplified right, that man. a lot yeah, more. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, what about education-wise? What was uh, give me some contrast oh. between what they taught you? Yeah, so I think definitely the education system, at least for what I've experienced, is definitely ineffective or in, inefficient in in um, here in America as opposed to the one in Rome. Here, it's heavily based on you know multiple choice and. Uh, uh, you know, true or false or things like this, but it's, it's more as, uh, you know, it's, uh, this could be a very long conversation, but to simplify it, I think they, here they focus more on getting the certificate of passing the class, getting the grade, having that, uh, having that label, having that in your curriculum as opposed to you learning the material. And that might be just completely biased to the school I went to or the teachers I had. But that's the sense I get. Uh, when I go to Rome, and I went to Rome my junior year for six months, I found a lot more world, uh, well-rounded people. Uh, and if it wasn't uh, maybe like, if it wasn't book smart or, uh, you know, it, it was... Um, you know, you had real knowledge and people were thoughtful. They were more open-minded, I would say. Not as restricted towards just getting an A. But I had friends that had average grades and they were the smartest people I've ever met in my life. You know, they knew how to speak seven languages. Knew a lot about real-world uh, events. And uh, just we're taking math studies and we're not just good at math. But... I feel like the schooling system uh, in Rome opens your mind a lot more. And, you know, where there's no multiple choice or true and false. It's mostly essays or interrogations in class, uh, vocal interrogations. So, yeah, I, I guess it's more of a you know it or you don't uh, type of situation. And, yeah, that's what I think. Okay. I mean, I'm sure a lot of uh, a lot of critics of the American education system would agree with you when you were saying that um, you know, basically, like how we're rewarded is you know, it's mo it's more of like a a show that you pass more than like a show that you that you know, show that you understand. Um, yeah, I, I see that all the time. You know, it's completely uh, possible to ace a test without knowing a single thing on that test. And, you know, whether that benefit, that definitely will benefit some individuals, but, you know, as to, like, students in the whole, I'm not sure how, you know, how that's working for us. But, I mean, I haven't experienced anything, anything to compare it to, so, you know, my opinions on it is that American justice systems, you know, I mean, not justice system, American education system is... Uh, yeah, pretty good, pretty top notch in in my uh, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. We also did go to the same school. We went to uh, Belen Jesuit, which is a school here in Miami. Which yes, is it's it's a it's a private school and it is considered a very good school. It's a preparatory uh, school. Preparatory school. Um, yeah, that that preparation yeah. was. Uh, I didn't think that was that was just for show. You know, I, I really think going to a preparatory high school gave me kind of an upper hand here in uh, college. I don't know. I, I guess just mm -hmm. observing like other people, I'd, I'd say I'm, you know, pretty, pretty well equipped to, to, to mm -hmm. handle, you know, the rigor that comes yeah, with a sure. uh, college education. I mean, of course it's hard, you know, some of these classes, hardest things I've ever done, but it's not anything, you know, I, I don't think I can, I can like handle or get through. And I have to attribute some of that to, to Belen, yeah. Mm -hmm. And would you say that, uh, would you attribute the methods of studying or preparing or organizing yourself so that you're well-equipped when it comes to, um, you know, doing a task or taking a test or doing a homework? Or would you just say the general knowledge that you acquired from the school eased uh, your process throughout uh, university? 
I mean, I think I think the best, or at least how I try and go about it, is just basically absorb everything I can during the actual lectures. So, and then just basically um, taking that information, putting it onto the homework, and then you'll get a little studying done there. And then I guess whatever gaps you're missing um, between like what you heard in the lecture to what you're putting out on the homework, you'll get from, I guess you just have to look at it extra, get it from your notes and I guess that's my approach to studying if I, if I had. I actually don't even take notes in class. Uh, I just look at the teacher and like really focus my attention into what he's saying. You know, sometimes I days off and, you know, but I don't take any notes in class. I try to remember uh, really specific information. If I can't, if I feel like something is, you know, uh, essential to the uh, test or the material that we're working and it has to do maybe with, it has to be memorized, then I'll take a picture of it with my phone. But I just try to understand the material uh, instead of write it down. But that's just me because uh, it actually, you know, it's been scientifically proven that writing down um, what you what you see improves retention of the information. However, uh, I guess I'm a visual person and, uh, you know, I like to see things and not get distracted by writing it down. If it's something really important, I'll just take a picture of it. And yeah, that's what I think about uh, taking notes. Yeah, man, I think a big part of it or a big part for me, I guess, is, you know, the stress or the anxiety that comes with, uh, you know, having to study um, for an exam is like a really big is like a really big barrier for me when I, I guess when I'm um, trying to get all the information, you know, uh, but I think what helps alleviate some of that and what contributes to like more overall success is, you know, if you start paying attention during your classes, you know, that takes away things that you have to look back on on your notes, takes away things that you have to, you know, double look if you just, you know, get it down the first time. And then um, that will in turn, like, take down on the anxiety that uh, that comes with, like, studying for an exam. And I think just having that, uh, that like, clear mind during, like, the whole process of it, like, really, really does make a difference based on performance and so yeah man paying attention is great paying attention is a mm -hmm. great tool and by paying attention you mean active listening not just listening you mean focusing and listening to the teacher and yeah, what he's yeah, saying like really taking in what he's saying thinking about it um you know trying to maybe challenge what he's saying think of some opposing viewpoints for the arguments your teacher's given you, all of that helps in basically, you know, really cementing the knowledge in your head. You know, and obviously we're, mm -hmm. we're speaking based off our own experiences, but I'm sure, you know, other people can definitely relate. Um, you know, it's not like paying attention in class is like a new, is like a new thing. Well, yeah, paying attention is the way we go about it, but some people obviously like to take notes oh, yeah, or yeah. type it down if anything. Yeah, and, you know, I know a bunch of smart people that do both, that either just look at something or they want to put it down and they feel more comfortable knowing that they have something to go back at. Uh, that just matters on what the person learning type is. You know, there's auditory listening, there's visual, uh, tactile. There's a bunch of different learning styles or uh, learning types. And I guess I'm a visual or auditory person, but... That's just the most effective way that I can intake uh, information. Other people, it might be different. And, you know, going, so, going back to what we were saying for a second, um, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if, if this goes down at FIU, but one of, like, a really helpful tool that's made available to us is that, you know, the teachers record their whole lecture and then throw the, the videos up online. I think just rewatching those, and that's something else. Yeah, that does something else. I've actually not used those. I've actually not used those yet, but I have the option to do it. I just, I, I haven't done it yet, but um, I feel like it could be useful. And maybe the only thing is that if it's an hour lecture, an hour and a half lecture, you would have to find a specific point where, um, you know, they're teaching 
about that thing that you want to review. But I feel like, yeah, it could definitely be, to, could definitely be useful. And uh, maybe a substitute to take notes. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's there. Yeah. Now, what's something you'd say that our high school didn't prepare you for when you went to college that you notice you're like, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, like I've never seen this before in my life? Hmm. Well, you know, it doesn't have to specifically be about, um, you know, the academics or the education you're getting, just any, any aspect of your college experience. Yeah. I think the free time where you have a lot of free time and, um, uh, you're not, you don't really, you know, you have a lot of free time. You could get a job or you could, you know, go any ordinary way, but, uh, however many credits you have, you're going to have uh, some free time. And whatever you do in that free time can really better your college experience or just life in general. What I mean by that is maybe balancing it throughout. Like, uh, you know, it doesn't really teach you how to have a healthy balance of maybe social life, academics, and um, career. So uh, yeah, I feel because we I were we were like constrained to uh to what is it, to what is it eight hours like an eight hour schedule eight to three, mm-hmm. yeah man and and coming into class into college having the freedom to to pick your own classes you know be on your own, your own time, you know it's a lot it's a big uh you know it's a big liberty that um mm-hmm. I feel a lot of kids in uh that trans that go from high school to college you know are faced with and I mean yeah a lot a lot can be done in that time and I guess you know the saying you reap what you sow yeah that, that that's what I'm trying mm. to relate it to um you know there's so many things you could be doing in your free time especially you know your first year away from home away from your parents and man you just get what you get out what you put into it you know it's like it's so mm-hmm. easy. It would be so easy for me to just lay around in my room all day, and no one would tell me a thing, you know. So I guess that that um, I feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah, I, I guess that's something that uh, was really unaware to me before college, and and that's that's exactly why we're doing this podcast too. You know, it's something to do in our free time, something that interests us, but. That could be done. I would say that we're pretty ambitious men. We're pretty, you know, we have high goals to mind and we like to do things that are productive overall. You know, some people are not really, uh, they're, they're, not, they're not like that. They like to have their free time. And, you know, when I mean balance, and I mean balance by academic, social, and uh, maybe a hobby, I don't just mean go and uh, just spend your time partying all the time because... That's something that happens a lot in college too, you know. Some people get, um, some people that I know had amazing grades and uh, amazing GPAs in high school are now failing because they're partying too much, you know. Like the healthy balance means everything, and uh, that's exactly why we're doing this podcast. I mean, we thought it was interesting. We had we have free time. Yeah, like why and, not? You know, what else would we be doing on mm-hmm. a, you know, like three o'clock on a weekday? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of... And it's fun. Know, yeah, man, you see that a lot. You know, there are definitely, I'm sure you can attest to this too, but there are definitely kids here throwing away their lives and there are definitely kids here who are setting themselves up for an amazing life, you know, an amazing future. And, uh, you know, it just it's just up to the individual to make the choice, you know, which path do they want to go down. And... Mm-hmm. I have a question for yeah. you. What do you think... What do you think is uh where you improve more like grow you grow more as a person as a um, as your mental state you grow do you think it's through academic knowledge things that you learn in school things that help you in your career if uh, if you know what your career is already in college or is it something about learning by yourself uh you know self-work learning at home uh you know if you want to Taking take for example, maybe um, s- computer science. You know, computer science at school, going through a four-year program and studying computer science, 
or since we're in uh, we're in 2020 and now we have so many research resources uh we have so many resources to our hand we are able to learn by ourselves maybe paying a subscription uh subscription or just learning for what's what's available on the internet what do you think is better or where do you grow more in school or self-work at home oh man all right so my honest opinion about that is it's kind of like um a mixture of those things right i think there's a lot of um you know personal growth personal development and you know receiving an education but you know then again everyone's being educated on the same thing you know it's not like the principles that i'm learning you know in this school about economics are going to be any different from the principles you're learning you know there's only one economics so it, it's a little bit of education mm-hmm. and then it's a little bit of you know self not self but it's a little bit of being open-minded you know um just critical thinking i guess is the word i'm looking for um you know, or else everyone would just be, you know, the robot. Everyone would just be, you know, copies of each other. You know, we're obviously being taught the same thing. You know, college curriculums are, are, you know, they follow the same path. But so if I, I had to say it's, it's, it's a summation of education, you know, your own beliefs and your own experiences is what really, really would kind of shape your your growth into college because uh yeah I, i'd say i've uh i've changed a little bit over the things that i've been taught here in here in college and yeah everyone everyone goes through that man no one no one's the same as they are in high school so i really think it's a mixture of edu- the education you're receiving your experiences outside of the classroom and basically what you decide to do with both of those you know that 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 that'll really that'll really shape a person. That'll that'll really, you know, define how a person carries himself, how he how he or she or they um act, you know, their mannerisms, that type of stuff. Thank you for saying they for our uh members of the transgender community uh that are listening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I think it's also uh, about, you know, how driven you are and how inspired you are to attain a certain goal or to, you know, become what you want to be. You know, if you are just going through the mind- through life with the mindset of I'm going to go through school, I'm going to learn all my things and I'm going to have a good job and be happy. Yeah. I don't think nah. that that's gonna no. yeah i mean you have to you have to have some uh some sort of aspiration uh, motivation yeah. aspiration yeah, you gotta exactly. want something more to, like to get like i don't know man i just feel like to lead an interesting life you're gonna need to aspire more than you know like what's given to you um mm-hmm. i i mean i may be wrong but I, I i just feel like a person you know you put two people in uh in college and one's um, one just has more aspirations than the other. You know, who's to say that that the person with the least aspirations is gonna surpass, you know, the guy who's out there dream chasing at all? You know, what what what's pushing him to do that? What's motivating to do that? If he doesn't have any aspirations, he's, you know, it's just not gonna happen. So, you know, I, I don't think mm-hmm. anyone should necessarily expect anything special out of just going through, you know, four years of undergraduate studies and then. You know, a master's degree. I mean, come on, you know. Who isn't doing that? Yeah. Yeah. And I really do think it's, uh, it comes down to a set of either incentives or, uh, or safety nets or safety. Because going through uh, college and just getting A's, passing your classes, you know, as hard as you could be, you could do that. You could achieve that. You just concentrate and work hard. Going through that is also giving someone a sense of safety. Uh, it's um, it's making them less stressed because they feel like they are doing what they're supposed to do and they're on time and they're doing what everyone is doing. Uh, however, they don't. It, when you're in, once you're in that mind, uh, in that mindset, you don't have an incentive to do more. Uh, 
you know, you have, uh, you want to stay in your bubble, you want to stay and do what you're supposed to do uh, at your best, but you don't have an incentive to go out and learn about other things. You obviously want to be entertained, you like, I don't know, maybe watching podcasts or watching YouTube, but actually, uh, you know, going out and experiencing things and uh, grasping knowledge from those experiences. Yeah, man. I mean, building off of that, I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, concepts like the law of attraction and stuff. I really think, um, you know, it starts with you. It starts with the individual. It starts with what you're thinking. Um, you know, perspective. Per- I really think the concept of perspective, you know, in regards to life and stuff, is is a real thing. You know, um, you are like the situation that you're in and shit. So. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's, a, that's no, a key thing in, like, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like actually uh, talking about the law of attraction, I'm currently reading a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, and he calls he talks about this. But he doesn't say that the law of attraction is something that if you really wish upon it, you know, you, you close your eyes and you wish about it, it's going to just come to you or gravitate towards you. Uh, it's all about... Uh, you know, rearranging the set of impulses or, you know, reactions that are in your subconscious mind so that when you perceive, when you perceive things, uh, essentially, it's your conscious mind making sense of the situation. But that's only due to a set of, like, chemical reactions or uh, impulses in your subconscious. So what you do when you, uh, you know, uh, repeat certain goals or, uh, you know, re- repeat things just like the law of attraction, you are pretty much rearranging or filtering the things that your subconscious mind takes in, just like, uh, you know, uh, so you're filtering it. Therefore, you're thinking about that goal more often. And once you're thinking about it, more opportunities directed towards the goal are going to show up. Now, once... Once that uh, once that happens, it's only a question of how ready you are uh, with an organized plan to enact upon the opportunity. So that's my take on the law of attraction. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know, evidently so. We're you know we're nowhere near the only people with this thinking. I think you know these themes that we're talking about are pushed heavily in uh, in you know rap music and the hip hop scene. You know, I I could pull out you know countless songs. You know. Where the lyrics just go on stating about, you know, talking about um, self-encouragement, you know, never giving up, um, having a set vision on your goals, you know. And, you know, so many people also put in their lyrics, you know, I did this, you know, what's to say you can't do this. Um, so, yeah, I'm sh- I, I think a lot of people who have found a lot of success in their life can definitely attest to this as well. Um, I mean, how, how the hell else are you going to do this? You know, if, if you're there telling yourself, you know, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do that, you know, how, how are you ever going to expect yourself to do it? You know, same thing with like doubting yourself, you know, I mean, yeah, you're literally telling yourself you're not going to do it. How, how is anyone that isn't you going to tell you that you are going to do it? You know, you can't even tell yourself that you're going to do it. So perspective, I think it's a legitimate thing i think it makes the most difference in the world in life it it's crazy dude yeah it's something it's something quitters quitters never win and winners never yeah, quit. yeah yeah you know so many sayings we could bring up to to basically support our mm-hmm. argument here i understand what you're saying with the rap music and a lot of it is motivational right yeah oh yeah of course uh i find a ton of motivation in rap music you know i mean they're like mm-hmm. um real world accounts of like you know, um, just basically uh, pushing through, like, every adversity that's faced in life. You know, you have guys coming out of, you know, um, like, straight, like, dirt poor poverty going from that, uh, you know, being one of the one of the most rich people in, in the States. You know, how, how else can you explain that to me other than, you know, these guys told themselves they were going to do it and they did it. I mean, come on, you know, they... Mm-hmm. they they really truly do you think that's the do you think that's the driving force behind rap as a genre you know a lot of it is just uh you know making it out of uh um the making it out of the slumps or making it out of 
uh, you know, bad places and achieving financial freedom? Yeah, um, I think that's a big part of it. You know, there that that also brings up the the issue of um, you know, like fake rappers, people rapping about things that aren't really happening in their life, and you know, all the people that are speaking genuinely, you know, telling their actual story. I mean, they're they're you know, they're so successful. I mean, I could go on SoundCloud right now, make a rap song about how I came out of the slums. You know, it'd all be bullshit, and I wouldn't, you know, probably wouldn't get more than 10 views in my whole life. So that, that, uh, I, th- I think that makes Do you think that's difference. a big issue? Rappers gaining their credibility as to, like, how, uh, like, the experiences that they've been through? You think that a lot of people say that they've been through things and, they actually haven't. I mean, yeah, that that's uh, you know, getting exposed is a thing. You know, um, ghost writing is a thing. Um, you know, there are countless ways you could basically, uh, you know, try to convey ideas or experiences that are like not true at all. And I mean, l- like look at look at who's famous and who's not famous. You know. Um, you know, most of these rappers at the top of the charts are, you know, they, they actually came from the bottom, you know. I, you know, I don't, I don't really think there is one person, you know, dropping hits and stuff that, you know, that got their whole career from lying. I mean, I'm, maybe there are, of course, there's, it's not impossible that there are. I'm sure there are. I'm sure there is some yeah, people. Yeah, but, um, you know, the, the stuff that really hits, the stuff that people really want to listen to. It's the genuine stuff. It's, you know, it's the stuff that comes from experiences. It's the stuff that comes from emotion. You know, all those raps about like, mm-hmm. just fallacies, you know, it's garbage. That's Duke. No one's trying to hear that. No one believes you. Yeah, of course, because that's actually motivational. That tells someone that this person did oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A 100%. Can do yeah, it. I mean, come on. Um, you know, I really look up to these people because, you know, these, these guys, you know, they had nothing to eat. And now, you know, they're riding around the nicest cars ever. You know, how, how does that not motivate you? How does that not show you that you can, like, do anything, you know? So that's, I guess that's my mm-hmm. viewpoint on it. That's what I like to take away from music, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like maybe if someone was not being genuine with you or not, saying the complete truth only to gain more followers someone's feeling a little betrayed you know the listeners feel betrayed or manipulated you know to like like in liking this kind mm-hmm. of music yeah they kind of let on or something um mm-hmm. and then everyone i mean i guess if you ever watch those i don't know if you ever watch those videos that are like oh like how to this or like how to start that how to start this you know all of those videos you know one of the points they highlight is like look if you're doing this for money if you're doing this for fame you're doing it for the wrong reasons. It's not going to work out for you, you know. So I think that mm-hmm. that's, I guess, being genuine is, it's, uh, it's important, man. And what makes or breaks you, you know, can't try and be someone you're not. And I guess that's really what makes or breaks most of these aspiring uh, musicians, I guess I'll call them. Um, you know, many people, many people uh, might think, Oh, so are you just born with the uh, with the desire to do something, to achieve something, maybe become a musician? Uh, what if, uh, as uh, collateral to becoming a musician, you gain money? You know, a lot of people who want to, money is a necessity in this world. So, if you want to do something, a big a big reason might be, um, you know, for the compensation you get from doing it. So are you saying that if you want to, or I'm not, I'm not saying that you're saying this, but how could someone uh, say that uh, they want to become something, maybe a singer, uh, a player, or uh, you know any type of uh, job, but they don't have the sole desire to be good at that job? They also think that they want to have money from it. Are you saying you won't be able to, you know, become rich or uh, get money? From a job that you're also uh, seeking, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, money, yeah. Uh, money from. I mean, I don't think anyone's really made a decision in life, you know, that that doesn't take money into consideration. 
But what I'm, what I guess what I was really trying to say is that if, um, you know, your motivations for doing something are purely monetary, or a hundred percent monetary, you know, yeah, like kiss that goodbye, kiss that dream goodbye. I mean, I could do a million things with the purpose of just making money, but if I'll be any good at any of them, you know, nah, I don't think so. Okay, interesting. So yeah, those are those are my those are my viewpoints, basically on the hip hop scene. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, my brother is in, uh, is trying to become a rapper. This is uh, why I have his mic. I'm wondering, uh, for the opportunity that you get, you know, um, because to become a rapper, you have to become significantly famous or distinct yourself from others, because it is a pretty um, large market. Uh, what what do you think the barrier to entry is in becoming a successful rapper? Barriers and to if, entry, if you're man. White too. I mean, you just gotta, yeah. I mean, I guess you just gotta, you just gotta make what people want to listen. Um, as far as like what your images and stuff, I mean, Post Malone is like a good example of that. You know, um, white dude, face tats. Um, you know, my personal opinion, it doesn't really look too pretty with him. <laughs> but, you know, but still, I'm, I'm playing his music, you know, mm-hmm. every day. He's making things that I, I love to listen to. So I guess, like, maybe that's one thing that people focus on too much that that'll, that'll maybe, like, distract them or get them, on, get them on the wrong course in terms of their music career. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't give a fuck what that guy looks like. I, I just know that he's, he's got bars, you know, he makes good music. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I guess the worry of, you know, what, what people are looking at instead of what people are listening to is like a big barrier um, for people. Because, you, know, um, you know, being insecure is a thing and you're definitely opening yourself up to a ton of scrutiny when you're, you know, trying to, trying to become a rapper. Um, so I guess, I guess, you know, worrying about your image would be, um, a big thing. I mean, my, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, no one really gives a fuck what you're looking at, you know, cause you know, we're looking, we're listening to you. We're not looking at you. So I guess make what you think sounds good. And if other people, you know, agree with you then you're set, you know, why else wouldn't people listen to you if you're making good music? Yeah, that's awesome. That really does truly uh display how you're supposed to listen to this music and how you're supposed to portray these people if they truly uh express what they believe and what their values are in their music then that should be their the representation you should have in mind when thinking about them so it's i mean there's also cases of people who are not the best influence that are rappers uh, and however, you can hear that in the music when, you know, they, they don't stay back. They don't, uh, uh, hold back their values. They do express it in their music. So even if it isn't a positive, uh, message in the song, you know, you're able to see that through his, uh, you're able to identify that person's personality through the music. Uh, no matter what they look like. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely conveyed in, and what they put into their songs. Um, as far as uh, bad influences, yeah, I, I could see that. I could see how, you know, looking up to some of these people might uh, influence really uh, impressionable people, like younger kids. You know, basically do some things that they're not supposed to. A big thing is like drugs and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know what? You know what? What? What else are people rapping about? You know, um, you'll find like a reference to drugs in uh, in a, a lot of songs nowadays. But you know, um, are you listening for references of drugs, or are you listening for you know what they have to say? So, bad influences. Yeah, that's a that's a big part of it. Um, but. I don't think that's really like. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know. And also, I don't know what I'm getting at, but I I feel like a lot of it is up to a good producer and a good beat. 
nowadays. You know, people like to, uh, especially with uh, TikTok rising and having these short clips of these short, uh, short catchy songs, it really is effective to have an, a good beat and, um, you know, just something people can uh, can film short videos with or, you know, dance with or... Uh, it's something that's catchy. Mm-hmm. Force- yeah, you gotta, you gotta like. I, I guess. Um, I mean, I can't really say anything about it because I'm nowhere near a rapper. But I guess it's like the emotions that you're able to bring out of other people. You know, um, sad songs. Um, you know, who doesn't listen to sad songs to get a little sad? You know, get in your bag a little bit. Um, hype songs. You know, we listen to that when we're trying to get hyped. So if you can. Uh, if you can write your songs in a way that you're going to bring out people's emotions, you know, you're going to be a hit. You know, if you can get everyone feeling your stuff, jumping around, you know, they're going to play that song every party because that's what gets a party, you know, lit. That's what gets a party live. Mm-hmm. And um, lately you've gotten a little, I've noticed that you've been a little more interested in house music too. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, man, house music, that's for dancing, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, learned a pretty dirty shuffle. I know, I see and, that, I've seen that. And yeah, 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 I like to dance to it. Uh, I guess it's the same thing with house music, you know, if you like moving to it, if you feel with how you're moving to it, it's kind of like the same thing as like conveying emotions through through rap music. Um, you know, good build up, good drop. You know, it, it, it hypes us up, you know, it gets us hype, gets us going makes us want to party more. So if you're able to do that effectively, efficiently, I guess your music career is set. Mm-hmm, for you know? sure. Or at least how, how I see it. And there the beat and everything is really emphasized as opposed to the words because it is essentially just a beat and a drop and certain variations of sounds and vibrations. Whereas maybe in rap songs, the person expresses himself also through the, his, his lyrics. Um... So, yeah, I feel like there's different songs for different situations. And, you know, you can't... Um, I think you're, we're very similar in in the way that we like various types of music. So it's not just rap. It's not just a house. I also love to go back and, you know, listen to Queen. Uh, sometimes, like, maybe like Pink Floyd. You know, things like this. It's just, in, like, at least for my taste, I like different types of music for different things. Like, I maybe I wouldn't listen to, um, you know, I would probably listen to rap music when I'm at the gym and I'm working out because it's upbeat, it, it motivates you. And, you know, there's, again, that story of the struggle behind every song and achievement, which is essentially what you want to do. You want to be your best when you're at the gym and you want to achieve the most that you can. Whereas maybe in parties where you let yourself go and, you know, you just go with the music, you want to listen to those different vibrations, those different type of, uh, it's just easier to dance to with house music. Yeah, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. Um, and yeah, they, they do it well, man. They do it, uh, they do it good. A lot of uh, hot artists right now that I feel... I really like the embodiment of what we're saying, especially what what you just mentioned, you know, a story of struggle and then achievement. You know, definitely hypes you up in the gym. Mm-hmm. And yeah, man, it's good. Rap's good. I like to listen to rap. You know, music. I wanted to make uh, I wanted to bring it up to you in the gym, the my dad's gym that I still go to right now. We just got a new exercise machine, which is the one that you row with. You know, you know. And you wrote, oh yeah, where you're like exactly. sitting down and pulling exactly, it back to your yes. torso. We just okay. got one of those. Okay. And okay. you know, often uh, when Julian's in Miami, we go to work out, um, and uh, he actually um, he does crew, and uh, yeah, and, you know that might interest you. <laughs> he just got. We just, <laughs> yeah, man, it's a good workout. I know, I tried Listen, it, the other day. it does it, a wonder. It kills you. <laughs> kills you Mm -hmm. it'll do a wonder to your back man anyone out there trying to build that big ass back for the ladies you got to hit that rowing machine and uh so what is it that makes you guys have crazy crazy legs what exercise do you guys do to get those fuck 
like you know those massive legs well i mean i can't really say for you know the whole rowing community everyone's got their own thing but for us personally what we would do in high school which got us um you know to where we were and for those of you who don't know our high school's rowing team was very prestigious you know we have several um national championships under our under our name and i guess what we can if you're asking me for workouts i can attribute to that or what really got our legs going i'd have to say you know just plain old like pressing squats man that's all wow. we did and cleans too yeah yeah clean cleans messed you up leg press would mess us up and squats would mess us up but um i guess uh legs now that we're on the topic of rowing, I might as well go. I might as well say that uh, leg strength is the most important thing. Um, you know, it's like in the whole stroke. It's I want to say like eighty percent of the stroke, ninety percent of the stroke. So that's really where the boat's going to be getting its movement um, based on how hard you're pushing with your legs, how much um, kind of force you're you're throwing into it with your legs. So great leg strength is. Uh, it's really important, really important. Another thing is uh, actually the lower back. Um, so basically the lower back will connect your legs with your torso. So having a weak lower back will basically make that, uh, I guess that like connection or efficiency of power so much worse if uh, you know you can't transition the energy from your, from your legs to your upper body and you do that with the lower back. Yeah, I mean, often people underestimate all the factors that go into being a successful rower. And uh, because maybe it's not a, how do I put it? Maybe it's not as, um, there's not as many fans as maybe uh, football or basketball here in America, at least. But um, definitely, even just stepping onto that machine or, you know, trying that, you could definitely feel... Uh, or see even by I mean watching multiple of your races that it really has many things go into being a successful rower and uh, uh, yeah I mean the legs in the back is certainly one of them so hit that mm. machine up if you want to become one <laughs> yeah get that big back I guess or gym advice well, all right and uh, that was the last topic that we're going to discuss in the first ever episode of the PB&J podcast um, so what you can expect is from us to post on every Monday and, uh, from now on, this is the first episode. That would mean that the next Monday we're going to have another podcast up. And what we're going to do is we're going to have guests, you know, it could be from our friends or it could be anyone that we find interesting come to our show yep. and uh, tell us a little bit about themselves. Yep. Um, yeah, really exciting for that. Uh, I'm sorry, really excited for that. And yeah, let's see what we have in store. You know, I think uh, a lot of interesting things are going to be discussed on this pro on this podcast. And yeah, I'm looking forward to, uh, to recording it. Looking forward to doing it, Pato. I think it's going to be fun. Thank you for listening to the PB&J podcast and we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, see you next week.